punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Welcome in to a special emergency edition of the Nesson Bruins podcast, Nesson.com. Mike Cole joined, as always, by Logan Mullen. Logan, how are you? I'm good, Mike. It's 5.02 p.m. Never say we're slow to react. Yes, we are here to discuss the big breaking news uh, on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. So Dano Chara is no longer a Boston Bruin. Uh, Chara announced this afternoon on Instagram that he was leaving the Bruins. Uh, and roughly 10 minutes later, uh, the Capitals, Washington Capitals, announced that they signed Chara to a one-year deal for the 800 flat. It's like 795 uh, so, excuse me, $795,000. Um, this is not um, – similar to Tom Brady, this is not completely surprising, but it is still jarring to see. And I guess we could start there just to um, – it's just it's going to take some getting used to. Dino Chara is no longer a member of the Bruins. Well, it's going to be harder to get used to because the Bruins are going to see him so often. A lot. Because they're going to play the Capitals, what, eight times this year, seven times this year? Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where, like, when the news actually broke, I can't say I was entirely surprised, but I'm not trying to be disingenuous because I spent the last two or three months saying I my thought the entire time was he was either returning to the Bruins or he was going to retire. I thought the likelihood of him leaving and playing anywhere else didn't make any sense. Um, the only idea I talked myself into is him going and playing for the Florida Panthers because they had cap space and he has property in Florida. Obviously, that's not what panned out. He went to a team that, you know, this isn't your father's Washington Capitals of a couple years ago. Like, you know, they're fine. They're a contender. But you could make a pretty compelling argument, I think. Maybe we'll do just that. The Bruins are better suited to win now than the Capitals are. Um, I don't know. Maybe he got tired of the Capitals just walloping the Bruins all the time. It's your textbook. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, it's uh, according to reports, there was a lot of interest in Chara, which I guess shouldn't be uh, entirely surprising. Well, when you see what he signed for, no kidding. Correct. And I, I would imagine it was his list of teams that he was willing to go to probably was limited to American teams, just kind of reading uh, through other reports, um, which is the way COVID is right now and everything. It just would have been a little more difficult to, to go to and from Canada. Um, so that's, you know. But still, I guess that, you know, I guess with the money, it's not entirely surprising. But with where Tara's game has been, well, you know, the more, I guess, you know, I guess it does make sense to have a big market because for that kind of money, you know, why not take a shot on, on a guy like that? Especially if you're, you know, you just want to dress up the room a little bit. And I, I will say that's one spot where, I mean, losing Chara certainly will hurt the Bruins from a leadership role and, and things like that. But they are better suited than most teams to lose a, a leader like that. You know, it's, yeah. and that's kind of like a, tr- a, a credit to Chara, to be honest with you. Like that is that thing, that culture is well established within there. He started that and has kind of shepherded that through the years, but I think they're in, in a good enough spot from that regard. at least. Yeah. It, eventually he was going to have to pass that on. Um, and in a weird way, I think the writing was kind of on the wall where we talked about for years how the Bruins had to basically bury some of these guys in the minors and not give them an extended look like they otherwise might have because the Bruins were so loaded with Chara, uh, Matt Grizzlick, and Tory Krug. And then they went and signed John Moore, so they had even more 
left shot depth. So eventually you have to give these guys a chance. Maybe you get more out of Jakob Zaborl or Euro Vakanainen than you would Zidane Chara at this point in his career, but there's only one way to find out, right? Um, and, you know, we weren't in on the negotiations. We have no clue what the version of the truth is for both sides, but it was hard to imagine Zidane Chara coming back and playing alongside Charlie McAvoy again. Now, I know that he was still a massive part of the penalty kill last year. It's not like they were sheltering his minutes or that he wasn't playing big minutes at all, but the reality was that he was slowing down and I, clearly money was not a factor for the Bruins. Like it was just, it was a fit thing at this point. And, you know, I can see Zidane Char probably going to Washington and having better on ice opportunities than he would have with the Bruins. And if that's what he wants, God bless him. That's, you know, he's at the stage in his career where if he wants to play and money's not much of a matter to him, then yeah, go play where you're going to get actual playing time and be able to compete. Yeah. And that clearly, I mean, that's the big takeaway from this entire thing, right? And Chara made, in his own statement, made that pretty obvious. Like, you know, to mention that in the first paragraph of his statement on Instagram to say, you know, the Bruins want to go in a different direction with younger guys. And, and you know, that's, I mean, we could sit here and debate whether that's what they should be doing or not. I think that's, you know, I, that's the direction that they're heading. And that probably be. I don't think that's a huge surprise to Daniel Char because it's not a huge surprise to us. Yeah. Um, and I do think if you start, you, know, you go back to Cam Neely's press conference a week ago, yeah, he talked about Char, and I think it was if, I mean, this Neely tel- telegraphed this a week ago. Like, In retrospect, yes. You know, it was if he wants to come back if for basically if he wants to come back and play the role that we see him playing. We'd love to have him back, and if not, we've got a bunch of young guys we feel confident in going forward. And the fact that I think Neil even mentioned we're looking to get some veteran depth on the left side, uh, uh, you know, when you had Zinner Char out there, kind of spoke volumes as well of where they wanted to go. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that goes back to the original point, right, is like this is not shocking other than the fact that Zinner Char won't wear a Bruins jersey next year. So, um, that is what it is. I don't know. What else is, what do you, uh, what do we, what do we need to, to hit on here? Well, they're leaving themselves in an interesting position. Uh, that's for sure. Because basically, so what do you think? Grizzly probably goes and plays with McAvoy, right? That, that's yeah. like the only sure thing. And then they have to figure some, something out with Carlo. Um, probably Lozon, right? And then you just go full-fledged shutdown pairing. Like, the Crew-Carlo thing worked out so well because they were so different. They were able to play to each other's strengths. But right. Like, the Bruins obviously don't have a Tory Krug type now, so do you go all in with a shutdown idea and put Lowe's on with Carlo, or do you throw, like, John Moore with him? Like, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty about where they're going to plug in these pieces. I got to imagine that's going to be a revolving door, especially early on in the season, too, with, like, a 10-day training camp, you don't totally know what you have in somebody like Kevin Miller. You know, you don't know. It's, I mean, it's been a while since John Moore has been a full-time NHLer. You know, like, Lozon, there's questions about – like, there's just a lot of question marks there, and I think so. They, I imagine that they're going to work through a few things early in the season, which well, is probably not going to help them in this decision 
with the Chara thing where it's like they're going to look – there might be some growing pains. And that's, you know, something that they're, they've kind of – you know, the Bruins are saying they can live with that with the Chara thing. And that being said, I mean, Chara's clearly lost a step as well. So who knows what it would have looked like in that regard. But there's just far more uncertainty than there ever has been, at least in the last six to eight years. But that also was going to be true – with or without Chara after you lose crew. So there's just, you know, clearly there's going to be a lot of change. Obviously you lose your two veteran, you know, veteran most defenders. That's, it's just going to happen. But um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not going to say, I like what you just threw out there, but there's a chance that it looks completely different a week and a half into the season. Well, and Cassidy's always been quick to turn on the blender too. So I mean, he's going to mess with a lot and just to immediately back off of my shutdown pairing idea. Um, maybe they put Zaboral with Carlo if Zaboral proves that he can play because he's a much swifter puck mover. And I think he was playing a little bit on the power play in Providence. He might have been leading their top unit uh, last year. So you put someone that can at least, you know, quarterback in the attacking zone a little bit like maybe they get a little too stagnant with Carlo Lozon I don't know and then you throw John Moore with Kevin Miller Connor Clifton or whatever um but like when they had this pipeline of young guys you figured they'd be able to just plug them in one at a time not all of a sudden like hey <laughs> Jeremy Lozon right. you're gonna start playing 22 minutes a night um but that's the reality. And I, I do think that you eventually have to figure out what you have in these guys. And to the growing pains point that you made, I, no matter if they open the season with Grizzlick, Lozon, and Zaboral on the left side, there are going to be so many growing pains outside of Grizzlick. Like, that's just the nature of having young guys who haven't played that much in the NHL. It's very rare for a guy to be Charlie McAvoy, where he just comes and fits right in, um, which is why I think that John Moore is probably – this is going to be his most important year with the Bruins because he's probably going to be the stopgap guy who's getting healthy scratched a lot so that they can play young guys. But for whatever reason, as much as he healthy scratches them, Bruce Cassidy likes John Moore. And when he plays more, he'll give him like 17, 18, 19 minutes. So – I think we're going to see a lot of them in kind of like a floating utility role where it's like, well, you know, Lozon's on a cold streak, Bacchanainen's on a cold streak, Zaboral's on a cold streak, whoever it may be, where they just need somebody reliable enough. And I know that there are plenty of holes you can poke in John Moore's game, but like he's going to have to be that guy this year. Yeah. I, I think they're, you know, from a overall standpoint to like, I know this is not necessarily related to Char leaving or whatever, but like they're putting a ton of confidence in somebody like Brandon Carlo, like for sure. And I think this is the kind of time in a young defenseman's career, you know, a young defenseman, not named Charlie McAvoy, who, you know, those types of players where you're really banking on a big, big jump. And I think we've seen it. Like he's gotten better every year. Carlo has. And so it's one of those positions where it's just, you have to, you know, you have to get a certain amount of ice time and you have to play in a certain amount of games to, to finally, you know, start to feel yourself in that, in that role and, and, you know, come along and, and reach your potential. It takes a while to, you know, materialize as the defenseman that you're supposed to be in the NHL for lack of a better term. So I, 
I have to think that this decision on the Bruins part is in, you know, somewhat related to that as well with, with a player like Carlo or even to a lesser extent McAvoy, like they clearly feel good in that young core. Um, you know, especially when you start considering all the money that's involved, like it would not have been expensive to bring back Chara. So they clearly just think that this is time to, to turn things over to Carlo and, and McAvoy and even Grizzly, if you want to put him in there as well. So it is truly a changing of the guard in that regard as well. Yeah. They, I wonder if they'll make a move. Like, I, I don't think they'd make I think they will. a Hannafin type move. Yeah. But the, the, the interest, the reported interest in Ben Hutton makes a lot more sense now. Right. Um, and I think when that came across, it was kind of like, you know, why, why are the Bruins poking around on Ben Hutton um, if, you know, they, they have even remotely close to a plan to bring Chara back? And- well, it felt like it, that or it could have been like just leveraging through, you know, letting it out there that they were you know, trying to put the pressure on Chara or whatever. But clearly it wasn't that because if he, again, we look at the money that Chara got, like it wasn't, I don't think they were driving a hard bargain with the Bruins or anything. I, it you know, doesn't seem that way. No. no. So. so, and, and cause in, so like, I don't see them making a big trade. The top remaining defensemen in free agencies, like Sammy Votnin, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't see them overextending themselves for Sammy Votnin unless it's for like a couple million, which I mean, there are worse things, but that's why one of those depth guys like Hutton makes sense. We're like, okay, they can put up you know, 15, 20 points a year, um, and you can probably play them on both sides and healthy scratch them as much as you need to. But at the same time, isn't that John Moore? Like, don't you already have that? Um, so it's like, if, are you going to make moves to just make moves, or are you going to make moves because you think a player like Ben Hutton makes your team better? I don't know, but, you know. I mean, you hope it's the latter, but. Right, but it's like, does signing Ben Hutton, or, or even take it a step further and say, like, Sammy Votnin, if your plan was to let Zdeno Chara walk so you could play your younger guys, are you really going to go and sign a veteran left shot guy that you're going to play over Uro Vakanainen um, just to say you did? Because that I mean, would point to a breakdown in a potential plan, maybe. Like, I'll choose my words carefully here, but, like, if, if you're starting to extend yourself where you're getting a, a bigger, quote-unquote, bigger name free agent, it's like, weren't you just better off than signing Chara? Well, what if you just think whoever you're going to sign is much better than Chara? It, it, and you very, mel- very well might. And, like, I'm sure Sammy Votnin at this point in his career is probably more amenable to playing on a third pairing than Zdeno Chara is, which, again, that that's the prerogative of – all parties involved. And I guess, and that's why we're having this conversation right now too, probably at least as it pertains yeah. to Charles. He clearly had a different, you know, a lot of times you come down to what's your, how do you value yourself in, in these negotiations? And, you know, 95% of the time it's a, it's a money conversation, but I think in this time, this time around, it's a, you know, playing time conversation or value conversation, which is unfortunate in some ways, but you know, this is going to end at some point. So, yeah. Um, I guess before we get out of here, I we can just talk legacy real quick. I mean, it's kind of a useless discussion in, to some regards because, like, I mean, what else is there to say? Like, I, I just wrote this for on Nesson.com. Um, I just put together a quick, quick piece as soon as the news came over. Like, Chara said when he got here, like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to lead by example, my discipline, my hard work, et cetera, et cetera. 
and and I hope to to help return this team to to what it used to be and and you know help them reach those aspirations of winning Stanley Cup. And like he he did all of that. Like I, I it's it's wild to because we've just been living in it for the last fifteen years. It's easy to kind of to to forget to step back and look at it. I mean, this is a team that you know aside from getting you know dish ragged by the the Oilers and you know the 80s and 90s like I mean those that just felt like more of an accident than anything else that they got to the cup final back then I mean so then you go back all the way to the 70s like there's that run there for literally like 30 years where it's just good not great that's the ceiling you know aside from those the cup runs they sign Char they sign Savard you know Bergeron comes into his own Shirelli takes over you know builds that thing up and like Charter has been, you know, him and Bergeron have been the true constants throughout the entire run. And, like, he is, I think, in, from afar, my opinion is that he was pretty much the same guy from day one until going out the door. And I think that's the kind of thing that you can build your, your franchise around, whether, you know, whether he was the greatest defenseman his entire time here is clearly – I'm not going to even say it's up for debate because he wasn't, like, especially at the end. He, he clearly lost a step. There was a time where he was the most def- – dominant defenseman in the entire NHL. I won a Norris trophy in Boston. Yeah, and then they won a Stanley Cup two years later. So, like, you got what you wanted out of him. But like I said in the story, like, the other stuff, like the intangible stuff, the the cliche stuff, like that, I think that is here, and it's here to stay at least until, like, Charlie McAvoy retires. And I think you hope that you've built a culture that can sustain itself and whatever Chara – brought or discovered or taught everybody else it just continues to to be passed out and like they he he's helped set themselves up for a long time and like I, I still think you're going to have a lot of those principles and those values in this organization for what five to ten more years at least at least and, and yeah I don't think that the impact he had from a leadership standpoint can be overstated because, like, it will get passed down to the, the McAvoys and the Carlos of the world. And you, and you suspect that, you know, Bergeron and Marshawn are probably doing the same with respect yep. to Jake DeBrusque and the like. But, you know, you've heard so many guys come into Boston via free agency. And just, like, one of the things that they cite is, is the culture in the room. Like, as recently as Craig Smith, if I remember correctly, like, Craig Smith made, made a remark about the culture. Like, it was not like that 14 years ago. You know, it, it just, it wasn't. That's not to bag on the Bruins of the mid-2000s too much, but, like, there was a monumental culture shift when Zdeno Chara came into the fold to the point that I think it boosted the Bruins' place as a free agent destination. Um, so when you start looking at, like, the residual effects that Chara's mere presence in that locker room had, that I don't think you can overstate how impactful he was to the organization. If he really was, you know, feeding that to guys like Charlie McAvoy, who you figure will be part of the Bruins plans for many, many years, that bodes well for the future. And like, I think it sucks that Chara is not going to be able to finish his career in Boston. I think it sucks for all parties. Like it's just, Sometimes you got to move on, right? If, if you love her, you got to let her go. So, <laughs> if you will. Um, 
clearly it was just the right time for both parties to move on. That said, I don't think there is any reason to be like, I don't know, kicking char on the way out the door. No, no. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to do that. I, if anything, I think it goes the other way. But that's... It's, it's weird, though, because there are, there's definitely a, a subsection of the fan base that wanted Char gone because he had slowed up. And, like, I was of the mindset that he'd done so much for the organization, he probably deserved to call how it, he goes out. And in a way, he did, right? Like, yeah. both sides got their say in it. Right. Yeah, and that's one thing I would be interesting to hear, hear, interested to hear a little bit more about. And I don't know if we will. We probably don't deserve to or shouldn't in the long run but like I don't know like I would just love to know more about those conversations and how that went in terms of what he sees himself as what they saw for him as a role if at all and kind of how that juxtaposed and you know and clearly they there's a pretty large gulf of a, of a difference of opinion there otherwise he'd still be here um but that's again I, I wrote this in the thing like it kind of happens in sports from time to time. Like you said, it sucks. It does suck, but I don't think anything changes 10 years from now. Like, I don't think unless there's something, you know, wildly acrimonious under the surface here that we don't know about, like he'll be back in five to seven years and they'll, they'll put his number in the rafters yeah. and they'll celebrate him as they should. Like he is, like he, you can make a case for like Mount Rushmore type stuff within the organization with him. Like, he's, Oh yeah. Especially in that sport where captain is such a big deal. And I, I think he's the kind of guy who took that stuff very seriously. And he was always trying to better himself, not just as a player, but as a leader. And I think he took a lot of pride in that. And, and that's something that we're going to find out how important it was, you know, like I, I don't see this, you know spinning out of control anytime soon because they have so many good guys still in that room and part of that is a credit to him but you're right like they were for lack of a better term rudderless when he came aboard not that it was like a it wasn't a tire fire or anything but it's just they were in neutral for a while and, and they hit on this sign they hit on the savard sign at the same time and off they went and you know the, the fact that they've been able to sustain it for so long in a salary cap league um Granted, you probably would have liked to won a couple more cups in there, and certainly they're going to lament their missed opportunities. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive to do that for the, you know, for a decade and a half to stay that good where, you know, if you're, if you're in Vegas and you put down 100 bucks on the Bruins every year to win the Stanley Cup, you'd feel pretty good handing over your money uh, at the window. So um, it's a credit to him, and it's something that's going to take some getting used to, not seeing him around here. Um, but that's, again, it's kind of the way sports go sometimes. Well stated. I do my best. Uh, do you have anything else? No. I think we're going right. to reconvene in like a day, right? Yeah, we'll probably talk sooner later. So I'm, I'm glad we put this off uh, or we put off our, our, our pending training camp. To that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, if we did that today, we would have been hosed. So, uh, yeah, we will reconvene at some point within the coming days to, to preview training camp, which is all of a sudden looks a whole lot different than maybe we anticipated. Um, that'll give us a couple more days to kind of dig our teeth into to this kind of stuff and, and see where things are headed. But, um, you know, new era, same as the old, kind of, at this point. Like, you know, it's 
I don't think there's going to be a whole lot different with this team. And, again, that's in part because of Chara, but it's just going to take some getting used to. So, big big news story. Yeah. Things are different. It's going to look a little different. Hopefully, uh, hopefully by March, I think the, the Capitals come back in March. Hopefully by then there will be enough uh, – people vaccinated that uh, there'll be fans in the, in the, in the arena. I, I doubt it, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right, Logan. All right, Mike. Uh, we will do this again sooner than later. Um, but until then, uh, enjoy. Uh, oh, happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah. Um, and our resolution to, uh, for, for 2021 is to just to be better. So we'll work on that. Uh, starting with uh, our training camp preview, which is uh, in a few days. So, uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again later on the Nothing Bruins podcast.